The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California. Beautiful, hot Burbank, California. This is an FSOC Files and a special edition of TNF Hotline. Quick little fun episode today. As I'm in the middle of, uh, now I can say, one of the longest moves I've ever been a part of. That's okay. I uh, have to stay in the apartment I'm in now. So this is uh, for business reasons. I'm here recording. I'm uh, pretty much an empty empty old apartment as I move into my new one. Uh, new house and, not, well, not a new house. Not like a new, actually, it's a very old. I'm built in 1920 and we're renting it. You know what I mean. I don't want you guys to think I'm like I'm moving into a new mansion in the hills. We're looking uh, looking forward to a, to a new life. You'll be hearing more about that there. But I still I got I got to get the content out. I got to get the programming out. Which is why I want to do this fun little episode of TNF Hotline, hearing from you. And yes, normally TNF Hotline has my friend Matt Donovan, Maddie D, doing a bigger intro, different music, all that's uh, essentially packed up as well. It's on a hard drive, not at this computer. Such is life. Such is life. But I'm happy to hear from you. This show is based on your calls, your thoughts. You can reach out to me via a Google voice number that is uh, accessible by Patreon members. But the show has changed a little bit. That used to be it. Now there's other reasons for you to get up there and support on patreon.com slash catnapsock. TNF hotline. Small, small, small part of it. We got TNF in session. You can be part of that live audience. Uh, send me questions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now with Anchor, after I switched the podcast to Anchor, it changed the game for a show like TNF Hotline. Now you can call directly through the Anchor app or the Anchor desktop uh, portal there and leave a message for me. And uh, that's why we'll still be doing this show from time to time, having fun hearing you all there. It is a weird time, though. I will admit, I, 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 I very specifically try to keep the Napsack Files either about my own struggles or this uh, fun uh, distraction-based programming or, or it's world and a lot more comedy stuff on there now. But it's, it, it is weird recording uh, following back-to-back mass shootings. It's something, it, it'd be weird if I didn't address it uh, or at least talk about it, at least acknowledge it, uh, unless it was a pre-taped episode. Uh, in case of point, like uh, Josh McCook and I uh, pre-taped an episode of the afternoons. You'll hear that this week. We even kind of joke, like, who knows where the world, what will happen in the world? And you never do, and, and, and you never do know. So it's weird because this is a uh, dark and serious times. But I still believe in focusing on uh, allowing yourself to be entertained, allowing for the distractions, and just the pure enter- entertainment values of things. But. It's on my mind, too. It's disheartening. It's all those kind of things. And I don't have the answers. I'm not one of the ones that have have the answers, but we, they're out there. Tough choices, tough things. Uh, I preach in these situations, uh, always case-by-case case basis, but but more importantly for me, just when it comes to the human element, just stop for a second before. I can't. I'm so... Uh, just uh, The rush to get to Twitter or Facebook... Never really Instagram, huh? We all go on there. Seems like everyone goes on to Instagram to escape. But the rush to get on there and just put your two cents in, even if your two cents are 100% correct, just get out there. Just, it's okay to take it all in. 
to be quiet, to experience these things in the world, experience these horrible, tragic things. Our emotions are, are up. Our hackles are up. I get it. And you want to put it all out there and put your anxieties and your fears and your sadness somewhere. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with anything, really. I just like say it. I just, that becomes this weird sort of event porn, if you will, where a horrible thing happens and then you just start scrolling. You spend the whole day scrolling just to read everyone's reactions and, and everything about it. And I have trouble with that. I have a lot of trouble with that. But things keep, these things keep happening. These horrible situations keep happening. There's, uh, and look, I'm study, I'm someone who has studied them. I am looking right now as I'm talking to you on my shelf. I have a uh, study binder of over 217 case studies of mass shootings and shootings. I've studied all this kind of stuff. I've, I've had, had a job that I had to worry about preventing this kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, here's the big secret. At the end of the day, you, you, you can't prevent it. Um, and I'm not talking about gun control. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just talking from a security standpoint, a, a public safety standpoint, a law enforcement standpoint. What's it thinks we are so much at the mercy of other human beings. Everywhere you go, you go to a baseball game, forty thousand people in a stadium on just an average night. You are at the mercy of every one of those forty thousand people. All the preventative measures can be sidestepped. But that doesn't mean the measures shouldn't be there. Right? You know what I mean? And I I just, I, I really want anyone out there to, to stop and think about their words and their core beliefs when and clutching to them when people are dying out there. Now, people die every day. I saw, I saw that Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet. E timing is everything. So I'm not here to sound like that. You know what I mean? When I say it happens every day. But it does happen every day in your city right now, in your city where you're listening to me right now, big or small, something horrible is happening. So it's out there every day. We just have to be mindful of it, be mindful of the losses of other people, uh, the heartbreak of other people. And that is where I come down to some of these events where my head starts spinning. The event enough is horrible. These back-to-back ones, El Paso and Dayton, and then let's not forget the Gilroy Garlic Festival. So I've driven through that Gilroy Garlic Festival before. Uh, you know, and these aren't going to be the last ones. These aren't. So there's big questions to be answered. Perhaps some compromises and sacrifices to be made by some hardlining type of people, and I'm not here for that. I'm not here to discuss that because I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that. All I know is that when a large amount of human beings lose their life, uh, you should be sensitive to that in the situation. Be a little silent. Take a moment. Be quiet. I don't mean that like, be quiet. Just like, silence is golden, man. That's why you don't see me tweeting, promoting. I can put the phone down for a day. And I do believe it's important in these type of situations. Just like Kevin Smith put out there. Create. Go create. Yeah, I like that idea, or I like allowing yourself mental health care. It goes to a lot of different spots, taking care of yourself. And again, this event porn, 
You're addicted to it. You watch it. It's salacious. It no longer becomes about the souls that lost their lives at this event. It becomes about uh, your talking points and, 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 and this, that, and this hashtag, and oh my God, that person said that, and it becomes that. And I know that because I've done that too. You know? You don't think I, I haven't put on 9-11 news clips and watched it? I, I get obsessed. I get weirdly obsessed with 9-11. Confess that to you right now. I don't know what it is. It's the first responder blood of me. It's it's the the, the, the power of it, of of it, and having witnessed it and been been it's been been in my living room at six in the morning, watching it with my roommates at the time. Like I get obsessed with it, and you go down that rabbit hole and that cycle, and it becomes ah, ah, you just you're panting almost. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I w- I would encourage you in the only situations, um, anything natural disaster or otherwise. There's horrible things. People lost their lives. Back away a little bit. Back away a little bit. Process it. Process it. I'm not, I'm not talking about calling for change or calling for... I, I, that's not what I'm... I'm just like, give yourself a moment. Go take care of yourself, too. Don't forget to do that, because then you get down and out, down and out. To me, it makes, not this podcast, but other things, other forms of entertainment, uh, more important. It makes... The beautiful trees and plants I'm looking at right now out my window at my my apartment here, it makes it more important. It makes all those things more important. There are horrible things that happen every day, and there are more horrible things that will happen on a large scale. We know this. This is life. So I want you all to be able to take a breath and enjoy life as you know it, as you have it around you, because you never know. And like I said, big questions still to be be answered, big questions to be asked, all those things. Don't think that's not on my mind. Don't think I have thoughts and opinions and all that stuff. That's not why I'm here right now here today. I'm here to do a silly little podcast because I believe silly little podcasts and silly little books and songs and movies are here for a reason. I'm not saying God created dogs and Star Wars, but it's there for a reason. We do need all that stuff. You need to take care of yourself and get some enjoyment out of uh, out of a little bit of life there. So I don't mean to start this show on a downswing, but I felt if I didn't acknowledge it in some way, shape, or form, it would feel weird, number one. Two, it wouldn't feel right because it's on my mind, too. Um, but we go on. There is no news cycle anymore. It's crazy, isn't it? Grew up in like 24-hour news cycles, then it became 24 minutes, now it's 24 seconds. 24 seconds. And I do. I'm one of those people. If I wake up in the morning and I've got to promote a podcast, I look and I'll check and I'll look at the moments and is there something within the last hour that would make me think not to promote the podcast? Now, my podcast is my business. It makes me money, puts food on my table. It is my profession. So I got to do my job. Part of the job is promotion. But you know what I mean? I just don't want to do that. And sometimes it's going to happen by accident. You post, look at look at my podcast. Boom, an earthquake. You, know, you don't know. But I'm one of those people that checks. And you should check too. We don't have to grab these phones and post every little thought we have and every little experience we're going through. Let's process some other things. Take a breath and enjoy life as we have it. Because it's fleeting. Even under the best of circumstances. It is fleeting. 
on that note, I do want to take a little break. I kind of want to reset, reshuffle the decks here and just do a little show with your wonderful questions here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Stick around. TNF Hotline is here. Welcome back to TNF Hotline here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack, and let's take your phone calls. How, how do you get on this show? You just go to the Anchor app. An Anchor app, the Anchor app. Leave a message. You got 59 seconds. I want you to do it. I want you to do it like our friend right here. Scribbler. Hey, Ken. This is uh, Jeff Saunders, Scribbler, and I had a question for you. I've recently started doing some work in front of the camera, and I'm also considering uh, maybe doing some podcasting at some point down the road. Uh, As of right now, I'm still having a a lot of uh, insecurities with it and a lot of doubt and, you know, just stage fright, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, and I know you've been doing this for quite some time and I was wondering, is that a, a hurdle or a stumbling block that you had to get through and get past when you got started? And if so, do you have any tips or suggestions for, uh, moving past that? Uh, look forward to hearing your answer. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, Jeff is a very polite individual. There. Um, Stage fright. Stage fright. Go away. Uh, all right, here's the thing it, about performing. Then I, he's not just asking about, asking about stage fright, but yeah, uh, a lot of people are natural performers. A lot of people aren't. And I'll tell you where I fall down, somewhere in the middle, believe it or not. I think I know how to perform. I think I know how to perform as myself pretty well. It's not to say that this isn't authentic. The voice you're hearing right now is Ken Absolute Broadcaster, it is a character. It's all true and based on who I am, and it's really who I am, but this isn't how I normally am. And I think that is the key to performing. When you have a character, you have a point of view. And if you have to give a speech at your work, it's very daunting. But if you approach it as a character, an altered version of you, it's a point of view. That is how I often counter things like stage fright. Wasn't always that way, though. I'm very much like my father. My father's very funny, secretly funny, but but shy and quiet. A lot of people um, forget he's even there. He's in the back of the room. He's so quiet. And, and he has a vibrant, strong internal monologue, as do I. I have very much a lot of that. But mom, my mom can be an extrovert. She's uh, kind of the life of the, the room when she's there, always wants to make everyone happy. She's very active, uh, loves to laugh. And she had some performance stuff in her background, uh, you know, dances and theater and all this kind of thing. Didn't pursue it to, to the degree I did. So I think I have this weird connection that's kind of the, I'm kind of both halves, you know? Uh, it's like how, how being a child is. You get both uh, things, for you, a lot of things, different things from your parents. So I wasn't always 
raring to go, but I do remember wanting to do that, wanting to perform. And I'll tell you what, I'll go back to my church life as a little kid. They used to, and they, I'm sure they still do. It's still there. There was this, and, and yeah, there'll be some there'll be some chuckles here in the back of the room. I get it. There was this uh, character uh, that uh, called Salty the Singing Psalm Songbook, like the Book of Psalms, right? And uh, actually, a friend of my parents uh, named uh, Ernie, I believe, uh, created the character with his wife Debbie, I believe, uh, at uh, Calvary Chapel in Orange. County. This is like uh, Calvary Coast Costa Mesa, I believe. Big church, big church. Late great uh, Pastor Chuck Smith was in charge of that church for a long time. It's where it was dedicated as the baby. And they created the character, kind of big thing, and it went around in the mid 80s. It was like your church uh, would rent out the scripts and, and they put on a play, right? And I remember they were going to put on that play at our church. And I told my mom, I want to audition for a part. I'd like to be in it. That sounds great. So she's a great, okay. So she took me there. It was like on a Wednesday or Thursday night. Went to the church, walked down. We lived close by. Walked down, Calvary Chapel or Royal Grande. And we sat in a room, you know, and this isn't some Hollywood audition. No one's signing in on a casting sheet or anything like that. Sitting down with a lot of kids that I know. And it was getting toward the time where I was going to audition. And I don't even remember if I, what I had, like, uh, a piece of music, or I definitely not a singer. I I don't know why. I can't remember. I just remember sitting there, watching the other kids, listening to the other kids, getting ready. Parents, the hustle and the bustle, and all I could think was, I can't do it, and so I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I did not audition. I did not my find myself as a performer as early as I could have. It's a couple of years later before I got started getting comfortable. So, Jeff, to your question, any of those listening, uh, you're going to start a podcast? Do it. You're going to, uh, you know, uh, try out for something? Uh, do it. Do it. But how, when the fear is real, how do you get over it? I think I just slowly became more comfortable with who I am and then turned everything into a character. But I struggle a lot with stand-up comedy. I'm back in stand-up comedy now, and I'm very excited because this time around, I think I know how I want to approach it. I know how I want my voice to be. And for years, stand-up comedy was a challenge for me because it was up there. Uh, I couldn't be a character. I felt I couldn't be a character. I didn't know how to be a character. Because again, when I say character, I am not talking about putting on a wig and a silly nose and I, I'm a character. I'm How do... How do I portray and play Ken Knapsack as a stand-up comic? What is that character? What is that insulation? Now, this is for me. Other people, it's different. Other people, they don't have this. But I am an introvert. I am very much an introvert. And I need to have this uh, kind of approach, this altered world, this character, this different version of me when I'm doing these type of things. If you invite me to a party... Even if it is people that I know, I'm quiet in the corner of the room. I'm talking parties now. If I go to Mark Riley's house for a Christmas party and I'm surrounded by friends and folks that I know with Collider and Screen Junkies, comedy world, doesn't matter. I will be quiet and shy. If you have the chance to come out and watch a Schmodown taping, we're not talking the live show. We're talking like a taping in our studios in Burbank. 
I'm very quiet and shy. I'm also getting ready to perform, getting ready to turn on a character. You might even think me rude. I don't consider myself rude. I'll say hi and shake hands as needed and talk and joke as needed, but I'm quiet and shy. I'm an introvert. But at a live show, I'm performing walking into the venue. If you see me within a certain yardage to the venue, and a lot of times I'll be walking and people will see me on the street and they're going to the live event and I'm getting there early and they're getting a hot dog or something at a restaurant nearby. And they'll say, hey, Ken, Pit Boss, big fan, big fan. If you catch me too early, I'm not yet in character. And it's more like, ah, hi, ah. But say, if I can see the venue, it's more of like, a, hey, yeah, how you doing? I'm in character. It's, it's, it's really weird. And, and Jeff, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. And again, I know you're doing a lot on the movie trivia face-off as, a, as, a, as an actual character, and that could help. But as far as a podcast, you're going to have to find how do you be the mo- most authentic you while being a different version of you to give you that protection. Because some of us need it. Some of you don't. God bless those that don't. So, Jeff, we're looking forward to what you come up with. Please, please share it with the world. All right, going back, this message has been around for a little bit here. This is actually going back to the Google Voice number from our friend Andy in Dallas. Hello, Ken. This is Andy from Dallas, this time with a baseball question. Recently, Michael Young of the Texas Rangers, uh, his number was retired by the team. I did not agree with Michael Young's number being retired because traditionally, when a player's number is retired, it's because he's a Hall of Fame player. Now, Michael Young isn't a Hall of Fame player, but he is the franchise at once upon a time. What are your thoughts on this? Thank you. All right, Andy from Dallas talking baseball. Now, I, I let the, put this call up here. I wanted to put this call up there because uh, previously, the TNF Hotline was the only place for me to really talk about baseball, and Andy always had some great calls about baseball. Well, that has changed, as uh, some of you have heard, have a new show um, here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed, part of the Saturday night special lineup of shows called Behind the Bag with me and Tom Dagnino, Bobby Gucci himself, speaking of characters, talking baseball. We're talking baseball uh, all over the map. Current baseball news, the standings, the playoffs, history, nostalgia, baseball cards, video games, anything, silly stories from our own baseball lives. That's where it is uh, behind the bag. So calls like these from Andy, we'll, we'll start going over in that direction. But I want to take this one there. He's talking about a play, baseball player named Michael Young. Big star a few years ago, the Texas Rangers. He moved on, as all the players eventually do, and uh, the Rangers are going to retire his number. And Andy's saying, well, he, he's not a baseball Hall of Famer. He might be a Rangers Hall of Famer, but does he deserve to have his number retired? And I say, yeah. Because when I think about Michael Young, I think about a great right-handed bat, 200-plus hits a year, great defense out there, a spark plug player, and I think of him as a Ranger, Andy. So... I think the Rangers, uh, as an organization, have the right to honor who they want, obviously, and I know I know you're not disagreeing with that. I think if they want to retire Ruben Sierra's number, Julio Franco's number, uh, and who knows, maybe they already have, they should be able to do it. It's their organization, and that uh, is separate from the 
Major League Baseball, I guess, as, as a whole. Michael Young's not in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but he's good enough to be in the Rangers Hall of Fame or whatever they want to call it. I think they should have his number retired. Now, I'm a New York Yankee fan. Pretty much, it's hard for numbers, for players to have numbers if you play for the Yankees because, like, half our numbers are retired. At least it feels that way. At least it feels that way. So, uh, I think it's okay. I think you should enjoy it. It was a great player, Andy. And we'll answer this question in more detail on Behind the Bag, our good friend Tom Dagnino coming. Look, we've got this. No, that's uh, that's not the one I was talking about. Oh, gosh, that was the wrong word. Yeah, look at that. That's the theme song I was talking about. Ah, take me out of the ball game, rock version. You hear that all the time. Behind the Bag, check it out. Thank you very much, Andy, for your phone call. Last call of the day, and then I got to get back to packing boxes. That's what's going on here. We got our friend John at New York. Hi, Ken. This is John Mariano. I am calling about a crisis of conscience I've been having in regards to Super Mega Baseball on my Xbox. Lately, I have been keeping these settings very low on the game so I could, you know, routinely beat the hell out of the computer by 20 or 30 runs per game. Do you have any moral or ethical issues with that? And I guess on another note, when the computer does score against me, I tend to get a little beanball happy and I just beat the ever-loving hell out of it with fastballs. I just bean and bean and bean. I go a little bean crazy. Um... I look forward to your answer. Thanks and have a great day. All right, John. Uh, first of all, I think we 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 gotta stop throwing at computer baseball players. Stop hurting them. A lot thing, a lot of things going on here. This is about a baseball video game, but I think a, it, it could translate into other games and and a crisis of conscience. Indeed, John. I, I think this is a great question. All right, so here, like, here's the scoop. Like, I play MLB The Show. But even then, I'll play, you know, if I played Madden football or anything, I get big into the sports games when it comes to the franchise stuff. Um, and unlike, say, even a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, if your character dies, you respawn right back up, right? Uh, you fall off a cliff, you spawn back up on top of the cliff again. It's it's not real. That You know, as much as I love to crawl into those worlds, it's not real, right? Battlefront 2, Star Wars, I play that, boom, my, my stormtrooper gets uh, killed, boom, he spawns right back up again. Sports games, it's a little more permanent if you're playing for keeps, playing for franchise mode or some kind of simulation like that. So if you lose, or even worse, you lose a player to injury, that's, ha- that's happened. You're stuck with it. Unless, of course, you do a reset. Unless, of course, you change the settings. Unless you go, go back in time. This all kind of factors in what Joan's talking about here. Are you the type of person that turns on a game to completely, totally relax, turn off your mind, and win a game by 30 runs, or set, put the settings on easy and plow through a level? Uh, or do you want a challenge? Do you want to feel like you accomplished something? And we used to laugh about, hey, accomplishing something, but now look at esports. You can be good at video games and accomplish something. So I never put sports settings too easy. I want to be a challenge. I like overcoming things. I, I I just had a my star player on the Chicago Cubs that I, I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm managing the Cubs on this baseball game. He went down with a fractured shin 
I could very easily have gone back at a different save point and acted as if the injury never happened. But I didn't want to do that. Didn't think it was right. Did not think it was right. I took the injury. I've got to deal with it. That's part of the fun for me. Now, I'm not good with other games. So maybe then, until I can get a handle on it, I'll put the settings way down. I think that's okay. All right? All right, I'm trying to think of a good example that isn't like Pac-Man. But you know what I mean? Like, if it's a, if it's a, you know what I mean? Like an act, like a, like a, like a action game or anything like that. I, I, but I, I just, I'm not that good. I'm not that good. So until I level up, I just want it on the simplest level. I think that's fine. So John, I think you're okay. If you're just here, relax. I know you, you work hard, John. You're raising two kids. All right, that's fine. You want to sit down and beat a computer by 30 runs? No problem. But don't get mad when they score one run and start beating the players. What are you teaching your kids there, John? John knows I love them. I think you can learn a lot about yourself on how you handle adversity in video games. And I sometimes get angry. Uh, my dad got angry. He once broke my video game watch that I had. <laughs> Threw it against the wall. Yanked it out of my hand. Uh, my very quiet, quiet father. But he was playing the game, playing the game, but we were sharing the game. Like it was my turn, his turn, my turn, his turn. His turn, his turn, my turn. His turn, his turn, his turn, his turn. My turn. <laughs> and then he lost. And he threw the game. Literally threw the watch against the wall and shattered it. So we don't want, don't be an angry video gamer. Don't pass that on, John. Because I got a little bit of that. And I think that is what's more important than anything. All right, guys. I have got to go. I feel as though this episode is going to be uh, fine, but I am scatterbrained. A lot lot of things going on, and I got to finish this move, and I also got to remember to enjoy life, too. And seriously, in closing, with the world in dark times, uh, sometimes always, no matter what your thoughts are, your beliefs are, none of that doesn't matter. You as a human, we're all going through dark things right now. Just remember to breathe. Don't always rush to the phone. Make sure you're enjoying the simple things in life, the things that bring you joy. There is no problem with that. We'll see you next time here on the Knapsack Files.